0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so right now. Anything's possible.
2: Oh my mama, oh my mama made it, Anything's possible. <laughs> best Celtics podcast day-to-day. Day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, or Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in-depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in-depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in-depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah. Corralis Packard and J. King locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game, it's very important. Millie's
0: Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We're back Monday through Friday. The Celtics are back playing basketball. Two preseason games to talk about. A win and a loss. Not that those particularly matter, but the Celtics are back playing the Charlotte Hornets both times. Today, we're recording after they beat the Hornets 115 112 at home. On Friday night, they lost to the Hornets 104 97. But there is so much to talk about with all of these players, plus an injury already. Let's get into it. it we're the Rain and Jays. I'm John Corrales. Samuel Jamison Packard, the third, playing hurt, joining us sick, but still podcasting. That's heroic podcasting, my
2: friends. Well, I came on just to give this take. Are the Celtics better without Al Horford? <laughs> he doesn't play in game one or game two. They lose. I got that all mixed up. I'm clearly sick. But you, you got the joke. That's a dumb thing people would say. Sam but McMurray
0: he is here to join us with his hottest takes.
2: Yeah, I'll be on Adam Jones' show later tonight. Um, <laughs> Horford was hurt. I did see in his wife's Instagram story he was wearing a sprain or he was wearing something, a cast on his wrist. And uh, I didn't want to any alarm anyone. I did notice that. And then they said he sprained his wrist, but he's out tonight. I think they're just being uh, being safe in the preseason.
0: Yeah, I think that's all it is. It's not much. In fact, Brad Stevens said that it happened in the first quarter. So I saw the thing. People sent it to me. And I didn't know what to make of it. And then they said he had a sprained wrist. So I went back, and I was looking for any sign of something in the first half of Friday night's game where he might've like just been shaking it or, or shown any sort of anything that something was hurt. He played the the rest of the the first half totally fine. So uh, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Probably like you said, they're being cautious. Uh, He played, he was shooting. He hit it. He had three Uh, after it happened. he hit a three in the second quarter. So, Whatever happens, that's fine. They're going to be cautious because Al Horford doesn't need a ton of reps. He's going to be fine. They're, they'll get their timing down. He'll be fine. So uh, that is that is what it is. Let's get to the guys who are on the floor, and let's just start at the top here with Gordon Hayward making his comeback. Now, not particularly great numbers in either of these games. In the first game, he had uh, he was 2 of 7. For ten points, he was five of seven from the line, so that's where he got all of his points. Uh, in the Sunday night game, not much to, to speak of. Uh, what did He it, had you know, a chase down block. Four points, yeah. A steal, that one block, that chase down block, uh, two of three from the line. He almost
2: fouled out. He <laughs> had five <laughs> fouls. <laughs> I think was living really of- so hard for him to foul out. That would have really been so
0: to- great. That would have been so great. But it's actually good that he didn't because – in, this, in that third quarter when he came out, all of a sudden he got more aggressive. And I think if we're, we're looking at things that Gordon Hayward is doing, we're looking for those signs. I saw some people getting a little like, oh, God, should we worry about lack of explosiveness and this and that. And then in the third quarter or as this game progressed, the second game progressed, you saw Hayward drive a little bit more. Get a little bit more aggressive. He had that chase down block. He he had an and one. Uh, so I think from what I've seen in now two preseason games and a total of 40 some odd minutes of action, 43 minutes of action, that it's a slower process than I think I anticipated uh, and probably mistakenly, but Slowly, I think we're seeing little signs that okay, he's he he drove
2: and got to the hoop uh, tonight when he didn't on Friday night. So I thought it was good. Yeah, you see flashes from Gordon Hayward. There's still clearly some rust there, and it's just like taking um, some time for him to get some rhythm. But he also has, like missed some shots that like some easy shots that I, I anticipate him making, and then some open shots. Um, but then there's just like moments. I thought the, the moment tonight's game where he got a little excited, whereas, um, Kyrie passed it to Hayward at the top of the key. Hayward drove in and just jumped, drawing the defenders and like passed it right to Kyrie. It was a had just had a more space and knocked down a three and just like the, them two playing together. You saw little moments of that. His little moments, uh, Brad opened up the third quarter with a play to get, uh, Hayward going to the basket. He got the N one, um, which I thought was a smart move by Brad, but yeah, it's just him getting more comfortable and you see he's going to be good. And you know he's going to be good, but he just isn't good yet. So you just have more patience.
0: Yeah. So it, it, it's going to take some time. Uh, I, I like what I've seen generally. There were probably two or three instances, uh, mostly in the first game, where I said – to you, know, I was like screaming at the TV, shoot that, shoot it. So was hoping that he would be a little bit more aggressive. I think – that it's all going to come in time. Uh, he's been passing very well. Yeah. I I think that that's something that we, we should, if we're looking at the positives, he has been passing very, very well and seeing things and, and hitting guys like across the court, not just seeing guys as they're cutting, which he did, but
2: he had that one crazy skip pass to Kyrie in the corner. I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that.
0: Yeah. So he's, and he did that in the other game on Friday too. It, It didn't result in anything, but, um, it actually, when, uh, Bre- uh, Jay King talked to a scout on the athletic, if you, if you subscribe to the athletic, which you should, uh, he talked to a scout and the scout brought up that particular pass across court pass to Kyrie. It didn't amount to anything. The timing was off, but he saw it. And that's something that most of the guys on this team don't see. And they, don't, they're not able to drive and jump and pass to, to do that kind of thing. So, Slowly, you see the signs from Gordon Hayward. He's not there yet, and he's not going to be there for opening night, and he's probably not going to be there in uh, for for a little while. Which kind of makes me, and I'll cop to this: I, I I will say I feel a little stupid for pushing the whole Hayward coming back in the playoffs last year. <laughs>
2: um, no, man, that's just optimism. That's gold. It was optimistic, <laughs> yes, but.
0: I think, and, and, and I'm admitting this to kind of say that, like, I'm admitting that I was wrong about how quickly he could return to form. It takes a lot longer than, you know, I was being wildly optimistic.
2: And hey, we were just hoping he'd come off the bench last year. I still sure. think it's a good take. I, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but I just want to highlight that
0: I realize now that it's going to take a little bit longer. So that's fine. But. I like, I
2: like what I'm seeing from Hayward for the most just part. They, like, even without Hayward being going off and being super aggressive, this team scored 60 points in the first half of both of the games and 40 points in the second quarter uh, on Sunday night. Their offense is still pretty good, and I don't even think they've gotten like, the full chemistry ball movement going, but they still have the ability to just score points and score points quickly. Yeah, well, okay, so since you brought that up,
0: on Friday night, they took 104 shots. A Sunday night, they took 95 shots. That, to me, is awesome. Forget about how many went in. The, they'll go in eventually. There's too many guys that can hit too many shots. They'll go in. 95 and 104 shots is amazing. And I don't expect that to necessarily keep up when they're playing better teams. Remember, it's the preseason and it's Charlotte. So, But to get that many shots is great for a team when we're sitting there talking all offseason about how are all of these guys going to stay happy? Well, it, they're going to stay happy by taking good shots, but they're taking them early or, or they're pushing the ball. One thing I love that I'm seeing is with the starters, anybody that gets the rebound can just grab it and go. It's the grab and go Celtics. They are just get the rebound, push it. Doesn't matter who it is. And when Horford's in there, all five guys on the floor, just grab it, turn, and take two dribbles, and then see. Is there an outlet there? Instead of the traditional grab a rebound, stand there and look to see if there's an outlet. When you can grab it, turn, and dribble two, three times, now you're at almost that half court. And now everybody's running, and you're putting pressure on the defense. You're forcing them to make decisions, and you're just getting an opportunity to take good shots at... 16 on the shot clock, 15 on the shot clock rather than eight on the shot clock. And that makes a difference. That's how they're getting all of these shots
2: up and everybody's getting a chance to, to get, get good looks. Yeah. another thing they do, especially off um, rebounds and transitions, their bigs are really good at setting like early drag screens uh, at the top of the key. And that's like, everyone's scrambling back in transition. They're just getting set. everything is approaching a half court and then you're forcing them to make decisions, it's just something I've noticed the bigs doing, um, especially for Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. It just mm-hmm. allows them so much more space to, uh, for playmaking. But, yeah, they're we're scoring a lot, and uh, that was a good thing. Uh, I think we just see individual players. Everyone's going to get an opportunity, and so it's kind of – each player will have, like, their run of four minutes where, like, they're the ones doing well right then. And so Tatum had his moments tonight where he scored, like, 13 points in three minutes. Kyrie went on a little run here and there. Terry had, some like, some nice moments I think that's the way it's going to be for most of the year. It's not going to be one guy relying on one guy. It's going to be just a bunch of guys scoring 15 points every game. Yeah, that, that's probably going to be it. And then
0: every once in a while, somebody's going to get hot. Like you said, uh, Tatum, 13 points in three minutes, is, it's, it's insane. And, and sometimes you're just going to feed that hot hand, and it, I think everybody would be willing to do that. So I,
2: I got a nitpick. I got to have my extremely douchey preseason nitpick. Nice. For Jason Tatum, first quarter, and I think just both uh, both of the games. I don't know. I feel like he's got a little bit of that Kobe influence in him. He's taking some, <laughs> long, some early in the shot clock, long twos, like ISO twos, just kind of he'll either step to the side or move forward. Um as soon as we started talking about it on Twitter and so me and some other people, uh, he then he started just nailing threes. So it was like, all right, well, I'm not complaining about this anymore. But I did register that complaint. He's got a, I think there's bit more uh, efficient, more better shots instead. Even though Tatum is that good with all the talent around him, I don't think he should be settling for long twos early in the shot clock.
0: I think Brad Stevens is going to make sure that that doesn't happen very much. Brad Stevens not going to sit there and let long twos happen all season long. But like you said, th- there was. I think there were, there was a stretch where he was up faking and like stepping in and taking shots. And then I I tweeted it out. He got into the habit of like, he had the up fake and sidestep so you can shoot the three. Like that's just, he'll get back into it. I think the, the long twos is just an old habit that yeah, the Kobe influence that's hilarious, but the Brad Stevens influence is going to win over in that one pretty quickly. So, uh, but overall from Tatum, I've, I've kind of thought that he's been pretty good. Uh, I, I like seeing him in the post. He had a couple of nice possessions in the post, uh, down in Charlotte, uh, or in, uh, where, where does UNC play? Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. Thank you. Drew a blank. So down there. And so, but I think Tatum has been pretty decent overall. Uh, some some defensive mistakes. I don't think the Celtics' defense has been particularly great. I think no,
2: <laughs> Charlotte Hornets were scoring at will at points in this game with the starters on the court.
0: Yeah, they need to they need to tighten some things up. But that's that's just preseason stuff. There's a lot of <laughs> overreacting going on. That's I'm not going to say that's fine. They need to work on that. But that's that's a hallmark of this team, and I think they'll get they'll get past some of the overreactions. Uh, I've seen, I've seen guys kind of know that they've made mistakes. I've seen the looks on their faces. I I think that those things will get cleaned up. So we'll get to the rest of these guys. Uh, Before we do that, I want to just let everybody know that the lockdown podcast network is the number one local sports daily podcast network. And that's pretty big. We're moving up in the world. And now the NFL shows are getting big. We're doing this on a Sunday. Sunday's uh, a big NFL day, the NFL day. The, the Patriots came back with a big blowout win over the Dolphins. If you're a Patriots fan, Locked On Patriots, go check them out. If you're not a Patriots fan, that's cool. Go to Locked On NFL or go to your own team. Every NFL team has a podcast, just like every NBA team has a podcast. Locked On NFL is becoming everybody's daily favorite daily NFL show. Monday, it's the local experts on the biggest stories of the week. Tuesday's former NFL quarterback, Sage Rosenfels, joins Matt Williamson. Wednesday, Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. Thursday, Mike Sandov, ESPN, and Friday, we get Matt's picks. So subscribe to either Locked On Patriots, your Locked On favorite team podcast, or Locked On NFL, wherever you get this
1: podcast. It's available everywhere. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger
0: and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get
1: your podcasts.
0: Kyrie Irving uh, feels, uh, feels like he's pretty much Kyrie Irving. I'm not worried about him at all. He's basically him.
2: He's still quite good at basketball and still quite good at making three pointers, casual four or five from deep tonight. And then just getting to the basket really anytime he wants. I thought it was interesting. He played almost 29 minutes tonight, uh, much more than any of the other starters. Mm -hmm. And also Tommy, Tommy Heinsohn said that he didn't look like Kyrie was in, in shape yet. And so I'm just trying to put two and two together. Maybe he's just trying to get more wind under him. Um, I was, I was kind of surprised to hear Tommy Heinsohn say that, but I think he looks exactly like Kyrie Irving. He has some nice passes, nice drives, and then just the way – you just forget how talented he is around the rim and just, like, jumping off either foot. I think he had two lefty layoffs in this game off different feet, and both of them were just like, oh, he's very impressive with the footwork around the rim.
0: Yeah, he really is. Uh, It's not surprising that he's out of shape a a little bit. He he didn't have the same summer that everybody had. That's true. It took a while for that – that cleanup surgery on his knee to get those screws out and clear up that infection. So he, he is a little bit behind on his conditioning. So yeah, to, to get him an extra five minutes or 10 minutes uh, tonight, I think, I think you're right that there's a little bit of motivation behind that just to get him some wind back. The good thing is that he can kind of ease his way back into it. And it's not a tremendous detriment to this team that he's not in In full condition yet because Marcus Smart is back and looking good. Terry Rozier is back. Terry Rozier had an amazing start to this game. So the Celtics can work Kyrie back at a nice, comfortable pace without having to push him to the point of exhaustion. They don't have to overtax him. They don't have to, you know, crush his body to get him into prime condition for mid October because. That just means more minutes for Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart until Kyrie can get into his full thirty-five minutes a game type of shape. So the Celtics are fine.
2: Oh yeah, the the depth of the team is impressive. Um, Just because you see guy like four guys come in and make an impact, I would say Rozier, Morris, um, Smart, and then well, I think we'll get to the time Lord Robert Williams later, but. I love the I thought, Time Lord thing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it really so
0: great. makes you laugh. Jesus, it's great.
2: Anyway, go um, ahead. Continue, sorry. We saw the BWA, like the bench with that dude. Rozier came in and was all over the place on the defensive end and got a lot of steals, especially one that directly led to uh just a, a smooth layup for him, not a dunk. Um but I thought and then Marcus Smart immediately comes in, starts diving on the floor. He made a three. That was always fun. Tommy Heinz got so jacked when Marcus Moore, uh, Smart hit that three, and uh, I definitely did, too. I just thought it was like a the bench comes in and there's not that much drop-off. They're just still very solid players who can hit threes, and um, it's going kind to of, – their bench is – our bench is going to kick the ass of every other bench this year, just like Marcus Morris said, just because it feels like in terms of like solid NBA players, there's not like a weakness when – like even when the full fo- – like, starting unit goes in. That's the thing. It's going to be rare when every single starter, I mean, every single bench player is in the game because they'll be able to just kind of stagger guys, so you're going to see a lot of Gordon Hayward out there with four other guys, or I think tonight it was Tatum with four bench guys, and that's just like how much depth they have. It's going to be, they're never going to trot out a terrible lineup, where it felt like times last year, they had some lineups that were like really, really struggled to score, uh, and there was really nothing they could do about it, and that's mostly just due to injuries.
0: Right, but even if in the early parts of the season, you know, Brad Stevens is managing minutes and he's not giving, he's not overloading everybody. You can throw a lineup out there that was starting playoff games last year. You know, Terry Rozier, Marcus, Smart, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines. That, I mean, four guys right there that were getting major playoff minutes. Then you throw Daniel Tice in there. Who's working his way back and is is pretty important. And, you know, so they can throw an all-bench unit out there, and suddenly their all-bench unit is much more experienced and composed and, and has been through a lot more than most benches. So it is going to be very difficult. There, there are good benches out there in the NBA, but the Celtics bench has a little something different. Because of all all of last year's injuries, when you bring Terry Rozier in and he's leading a second unit, it's not like it was at the beginning of last season. Terry Rozier is battle-tested now. He's he's been a starting point guard that's taken a team to the conference finals and within, you know, 10 minutes of getting to the NBA finals. So he's got a, a different level of confidence. These guys out there, Marcus Morris, who clearly, by the way, is going to shoot without a like we're, oh hell yeah! <laughs> we're talking about what Marcus Morris is going to be like. He is exactly what Marcus Morris is going to be. He is Marcus Morris to the day to the end of days. Like he is just going to shoot almost every time he touches the ball. It was. He it was also play.
2: four. Uh, he was four of six from deep tonight. It was fantastic. <laughs>
0: yes. So I mean, it was. He, look, he and I didn't think that he took any
2: bad shots really I th- I yeah think- i have no memory of like a, a really iso mook situation yeah it's, it's mostly so- like threes within the system and then um i think it's mostly open shots it's now it wasn't it wasn't the iso mook of past but it's still he's aggressive and that's like what the celtics want at this point right so it, it, it's funny
0: to say like damn marcus is shooting a lot but not once did i say why are you doing Oh, get him off the floor like last year there are points where i'm like okay we gotta get Marcus Morris out of there because he's just he's going into that ISO mook mode and you, you gotta you gotta like check that. But there was there was none of that so far in the first two games. Of course, there is the caveat of it's preseason and we we don't know what what's gonna translate. There's still a few preseason games left, but I always go back to a few years ago when, you know, uh, David Lee was we're running the offense through David Lee. I'm like, man, this could work. This offense through David Lee thing could work. <laughs> and then the regular season came around, and it was the absolute worst. And so we, we do have to throw out that caveat that right now things look great. There's just no guarantee that all of this stuff is going to translate. We're playing Charlotte in two games. Charlotte is not great. I think they're going to actually be pretty good. Miles Bridges look great. Miles Bridges is, is
2: insane. <laughs>
0: yeah, Miles Bridges is like, Give him the rookie of the year. Now he won the rookie of the year in the preseason game, but he looks great and
2: he can do everything good.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, they, he's going to help them a lot. That's, you know, like they, they have some talent and, and I think Charlotte
2: could actually compete for a playoff spot. I, I'm a little higher on Charlotte than other people, but still, I was super low on Charlotte heading into the year. And I think Jay King said, Charlotte was the most boring team in the history of the league. Um, that's true, they're not exciting, exciting. they're not exciting, well, Miles Bridges makes them more exciting, and I think Malik Monk's scoring ability uh, although he wasn't great tonight uh, and he got blocked by the Time Lord um, <laughs> eh, they're not that interesting I don't like it how the, the, the preseason they're only playing two teams, I feel like it would be more interesting for at least us just like see how they match up against four different rosters than just twice against the Hornets and twice against Cleveland
0: yeah, but that's just I mean that's how it's been, and that's just how it is. It's, it doesn't have to be John. It are they're, they're not going to travel all around creation. Their their play their preseason is going to be against teams that are within general proximity, and uh, they're not going to go crazy with it. That's just they're not
2: going. They should crazy. do it by the by divisions. You play we were each of your division people cl- uh, once. I'm just trying to get creative here.
0: Okay. All uh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fighting you on this one. Uh, Damn straight. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get to uh, Jalen Brown, who has been super aggressive, and I, I, you know, you and Jay were talking about it last week, where everybody's talking about all of these other guys. You know, Hayward's return. You know, Kyrie's return. Obviously, Horford, uh, you know Tatum. You know Tatum had this great rookie season. What's he gonna be? And Jalen Brown's like, um, hello, I'm over here too. I'm pretty good, and he's been pretty aggressive. And in the first game, the first preseason game, he led the Celtics with 13 field goal attempts and eight three point attempts. And uh, on Sunday night, not quite as uh, gunning, but still four of eight, one of three from three. Still out there, you know, taking taking uh, the shots, not shying away from that, driving, all of that stuff. So uh, I think Jalen is – I don't know if Jalen is, is kind of consciously saying, look, I'm going to show these guys because everybody's talking about other people. I don't know that Jalen is completely conscious of that, but I think it's still – he's still showing us that like, all right, we we should be talking about him more because he is really good. And because we've not talked about him much up until this point, he's setting himself up to be kind of surprising this season because we didn't have the expectations. We, we just kind of, we haven't, but we haven't talked about them. I think so. I think Jalen Brown could could surprise because based on what we our baseline expectation is.
2: Yeah, and it shouldn't like I agree with you. Just that in general, in in how we have talked about the Celtics, he gets much less of the the shine than does Tatum, but he's still he made a huge leap from year one to year two, and he has the potential to make the leap from t- two to three. Uh, Tommy Heinsohn said that. This is gonna be a hell of a story. I'm relaying a story that Tommy Heinsohn of watching television, but Tommy Heinsohn said he was watching NBA TV, and that Isaiah Thomas, uh, the Pistons guy, point guard, said that he thinks Jalen Brown's gonna be the most improved player in the league. And like thinking of his trajectory, he did make this giant leap, and so he doesn't get the shine. But I thought he's, I like how aggressive he's been, and in, in especially in shooting the three. Uh, I think the it will eventually fall for him. He's shown that he's able, able to hit that shot. He had that nice, really nice play at the beginning of the um, Hawks game in the first quarter. Uh, just like, I think it was a step back or stepping to the side, uh, around a screen. His ability to shoot off the dribble is something I th- like, I thought he was only, or primarily going to be a catch and shoot three point shooter, but he, cause he was able to shoot with some movement beforehand. And that's just great to see. Um, I don't think he had like a, an amazing performance tonight, but he definitely didn't do anything bad. And, uh, you're right. He was aggressive and knocked down some shots, um, but he's not. He hasn't been talked about, but I, I, do. He's could. He has a lot of potential, and there's a reason he's like the fifth starter on this team, and why this team's so good is that just the, his defense and his con, uh, contribution probably is like the guy who gets the least amount of shine out of the starting five is is uh, impressive. Yeah.
0: Uh, look, uh, he had um, when when I talk about the grab and go, like he's one of those guys that you don't think about, Jalen Brown leading the break or whatever, but I can remember probably at least a couple of the, the plays that you were talking about earlier, the drag screen where Aaron Baines came up and set that. And Jalen actually got a four point play out of one of those in on Friday night. And so he's able to do the same things that we're asking all the other guys to do. And I just like the fact that he is being aggressive but like i i'm going through everything i haven't seen him or anybody else do anything so egregiously bad in in any in either of these two games so far that's two games like n- no one has done anything like oh boy this is a real rough stretch for this guy the worst thing that's happened is gordon hayward has missed a few shots in a row that he should make and that's understandable I haven't seen any of these guys take a bunch of bad shots, even though sometimes they're, they're not making shots. Every shot I've seen is a shot that for the most part that they're going to make or, or could make most guys are making decent plays. I mean, there you can, you can grab one here or there. There's always going to be a bad play here or there, but nothing sustained. And, and so it's just been kind of a for preseason. I've enjoyed from Jalen and from other guys, just a general kind of like I, I. I like that they're they're not making these horrible mistakes. I guess look, the team's good.
2: The team, good. they're good, and that's it. No, it's been fun in the preseason, too, of uh, you get the first three quarters of actual basketball and then a completely new set of guys come in. And <laughs> it's like, oh, let's see what these guys are like. Oh, I'm a big Walt Lemon fan. I can already tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> that guy gets to the hoop with ease. Uh, yeah. He didn't get as much burn tonight. But I do want to talk about Robert Williams. It's the first like a kind of extended run tonight. Um, And you just see his potential and like how fast he is and how athletic he is. He had the, the block at the end of the game. Gave it up unselfishly to Yabu um, for a layup, but just his ability to like switch out on screens like that is kind of wild. And then you saw—I don't think they connected on any lobs tonight, but I think they they threw a couple. And you saw the potential just and the the bucket he did get early with Kyrie was just like in transition he ran the floor. There was a guy shorter than six eight on him, and just like throw it up and he can go get it. Yep. So I I was excited by um. He just totally changes the dynamic on defense of a guy who can really block shots, which I don't think the Southerners have had in a long time.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I want to point this out. So I'm watching this game, and, you know, I'm not the Riffs man. You know, like, he's in his, his own plane of existence. And so I'm watching Williams running around, and the analogy that I'm coming up with is, like, he looks like, and I'm a big dog guy. So I'm like, he looks like this kind of like, if you've ever seen a puppy running around in a dog park, just kind of like awkward and trying to play. And it doesn't know exactly what to do. And it's kind of falling over. And like, he just looks like this big young puppy out there. Just kind of like, all right, I'm supposed to go here. I'm supposed to go here. And it's kind of awkward. But, you know, he's slowly trying to get it. And fucking Riffsman is out there saying, yeah, he looks like Keith Richards staggering around (laughs) It's just staggering around out there. I'm like, that's also a good analogy.
2: (laughs) Um, He's somehow both Keith, Keith Richards and the puppy in the dog park. That's what makes him so good. Yeah. It's so I just wanted
0: to point out that little dichotomy of just mentally where we are. Uh, I, I pointed out after Friday night that there are a couple of plays where he's out there. He's trying to set picks. And the thing about Williams that, I like right now is that at least it's obvious to me that he's gotten direction and he is trying to execute that direction. And it's a little sloppy. It's a little awkward, but he's trying to do the things that he's taught. And look, it's a simple little thing, but you know what? You know how many rookies don't, are not able to do that. Like the fact that he's, he's getting it and he knows he's supposed to be at, at certain places and doing certain things that it's just now timing and learning and repetition and figuring out, okay, this is when I'm supposed to go. This is what I'm supposed to do at this particular time. But I can see him trying to do the things he's supposed to do. And that's an important first step for a rookie, especially for him at the end of the first round who he's probably not going to get a lot of run this year but who knows al horford's talking about him
2: saying "Look, yeah i can see him getting minutes so who knows yeah no effort effort is a skill and so you have to put it like on display and you you can clearly see him trying. he's very active maybe that's why we notice his movement so much because he's really just like flying around out there uh it seems like on every offensive play he's trying to like he's very active trying to set screens um and so I also wanted to highlight this quote. He's also trying off the court. Um, he said that he got – he told Abby Chin that he got to their facility really early day, early today because he knew the Pats were playing and he didn't want to deal with traffic. And then Abby said that's no – Foxborough is nowhere close to here. He goes, <laughs> can't take any chances. So
1: like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, uh, Foxborough is nowhere close, but that's fine.
2: Good. Hey, I Good like his approach. Rookie. Good for a rookie. Effort is a skill, and he's yeah. got it. He's putting in the work.
0: That's hilarious. Uh, I, I just This came across my Twitter timeline. Uh, Coach Stevens on Gordon Hayward. Quote, there was a small part of me that was hoping he'd foul out in the first half. I thought that would have been funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad that Brad Stevens is on board with how funny that would have been. Uh, all right. Before we move on with our final notes... I would just like to remind everybody that there is a Lockdown NBA podcast. I'm one of the hosts. I do the Wednesday show with Jake Madison of Lockdown Pelicans. And the Lockdown NBA podcast never went away over the summer. We were there every day for you guys all summer long. Even when other national shows took a break, we did not. So we're here and we're still here for you every day Lockdown NBA is your daily national podcast. Every Monday, you get the local experts on the biggest story. In fact, this Monday, I'm on with Josh Lloyd talking Celtics and Hayward and and Kyrie. So check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. I'm on this Monday's podcast as well. And we are daily with 30-minute podcasts on everything going on in the NBA. So follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast, Locked On NBA. Uh, let's run through quickly. I don't know what other stuff you've got on your on your list. Do you have a junk drawer? Do you have oh, junk? hell yeah. Yes. Okay. So before we get to the junk drawer, and I don't know if this is in your junk drawer, I do want to address, like, there have been a lot of whistles, like a lot of fouls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it's crazy.
2: Let the lads play. I get, like, they do this every year, but it's frustrating, right. but I don't, it's not going to be a big thing. It's, it's not. And I, I just want to point out for the people who didn't get the, uh,
0: the Boston broadcast, Brian Scalabrini explained it. And this is, like you said, this goes on all the time. There are points of emphasis. There's a freedom of movement effort here. So a little hooking around the, the waist. Anything that prevents guys from freedom of movement, they're going to start calling that. In the, in the preseason, they call it a lot. And that's so guys can get the message that we're not going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be calling that this season. It's going to fade away a little bit because it does disrupt the flow of the game, but it's also going to fade away a little bit over the course of the first few months of the season. When guys get the message that they can't do that because that's a foul. So it sucks right now. It sucks, but it will, it will dissipate. So some of it's a little crazy. Some of it is, you know, refs are kind of, kind of getting themselves together. It's preseason for everybody that's, but, that's that's one of the things that's going on. So,
2: you want to do a junk drawer? Uh, sure. Let's do it. Oh, uh, Jam's junk drawer starts out with it's Tommy Heinsohn. It's good to be back. Uh, oh, he's so great. He got heavy into his shtick with the the refs, and it was hilarious. I just realized how much I um missed uh, Tommy calling the games, and I'm like not the biggest Tommy guy. I'm sure in like in like two weeks I might all be complaining about it, but it was just like ah. Oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> he <laughs> still got the same joke and it's still pretty funny.
0: My favorite was at the end of the game, they're doing a replay to see who it, who the ball went off of. And they're trying to figure out, like, is it Celtics ball? Is it Charlotte ball? And as they're showing the replay, Tommy's like, oh, that was a foul. Like, <laughs> we're not looking at that, Tommy. We're looking to see whose ball it is.
2: It's fantastic. And so um, it was just good to have him back. A lot of good moments from him tonight. Uh, at some point, he was counting out uh, the free throws, and he was just uh, that Charlotte had, and he goes two, four, six, eight. What are we gonna do with these referees? And then he's like t- turned into a chant. It was fantastic. Um, Micah Shrewsbury, he's got a cool beard now. Uh, shouts to him. He looks like an R&B singer from the nineteen early nineteen eighties. <laughs> Terry the lobster back throwing lobs left and right. And some of them working, some of them not. Um, but you got to respect the process. Talk about respecting the process. Shemi Ojale was chucking tonight. Fantastic stuff. None of them were even close to going in. But I like that he took them. You got to respect that. Taking threes, man. It's a cool thing to do. Hey, he, he, he hit a couple. He hit a couple. Let's give Shemmy he, some love. Did he hit one? He hit two. He was two of three tonight. Oh, man. Now I feel like I'm slandering Shemi for no reason. He right. hit two? Yeah, yeah. But you're, you're probably thinking of
0: you're you're looking at Friday. You're thinking of Friday. I know you're a little sick. Friday he was 0 for seven, so I'm gonna give you I'll give you the pass on that. I clearly
2: wrote that note down like after he missed the first one or the only yeah. one I saw, and then so man, he, just, he, he why was not narrative. He he was 0 for his first eight from three in the preseason. So you're not
0: wrong, but he was two of three tonight.
2: Oh, good for Shemmy, man. Did he takes. The- <laughs> See what happens when you take threes, you make them. I mean, it's fantastic. I still respect him for uh, taking the shots. It's even Absolutely. better than he made them. Absolutely. Um, I feel bad for the G League players who have to sit on the floor. Like there's, there's so many seats behind the bench, but they're just like, here, you sit on the floor for the game. It's like they don't have anywhere else they can put these guys. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I never even thought of that.
0: Poor guys are just sitting at the end. Like, we've only got 15 seats. We've got, like, 18 guys in the roster, so you three just kind of find a spot.
2: (laughs) Just sit. Like, I can see Terry Rozier's, like, rap friend and producer, Gunnaman, in the seats behind, like, you can't make room for, like, Walt Lemon and the rest of the G League guys. It's fantastic.
0: They should be like Nerland's Noel and go back to the
2: media room (laughs) and get hot dogs. Hey, media room's got some great snacks. You'll you'll soon find out, John. It's a fantastic halftime spread. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Um... Marcus Morris at the five was a thing, uh, but I think, the, I just thought that was cool. I think the Celtics are going to go small a lot. And so while they're doing that, um, they brought, like, you can just see maybe if Horford's not at the five, they could use Morris at the five. I thought that was a, it just changes, like, the dynamic of the kind of five that plays calling that they do. And so I thought that was cool. Um, for some reason, Jay King and Scott Pollard got into some beef tonight. Uh, I don't know why, but I missed uh, that. There was some guy wearing a Pollard jersey and then, uh, Jay Qua- King, Tweeted something snarky about Scott Pollard, then Scott Pollard was like, "That's funny," but didn't know if like Scott Pollard actually thought it was funny or he's like, "Stop being a dick, J King." So um, it wasn't that good of a beef, but it's a it's a preseason junk drawer, so I got to fill out up somehow.
0: Okay, you do. I'm I'm gonna go look at his Twitter because I I didn't see any of that.
2: Uh, all right, there's a guy I tweeted a screenshot of him. He was wearing like rose tinted sunglasses inside the garden. It was a very cool look. Uh, so shouts to that guy who's right behind the uh, the Charlotte bench. Um, Brad Wanamaker. Uh, I don't know why, but he looks like he's just a, a player of yesteryear. He looks like he's from an earlier generation, uh, and I like I can't explain it, but that's just like the old like he looks different. And I don't know why. Okay. Anything? Like I don't nothing. He just, he just looks like a basketball player to you. He doesn't look like he's from
0: 1994. So so can I be honest with you? I don't even know what you just said because I'm reading Scott Pollard's Twitter.
2: <laughs> I said <laughs> – that's fair. What, I s- said Brad Wanamaker looks like a player of yesteryear. He looks like he comes straight from like 1994. You know,
0: I, I, I stand by my no comment. I have no comment on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And then finally, Jason Tatum has an individual handshake with every single player on the roster. It's different, and I think that's a good sign because – People don't know this, but that's how the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Orlando Cabrera had the same thing. And then me and my friend Zach, during the ALCS, we would replicate the handshakes during the game, and that's how they came back from the down 0-3. So team handshakes, very important. So I'm glad to see Tatum taking the initiative there. Good from the young fella. So breaking news, Celtics are favored to win the World Series. They should, yeah, at least in six. Yeah.
0: Okay. Is that it? Last note? Last last junk drawer?
2: Those are all the junk.
0: All right. That's good. Good junk. Good podcast. I think that's a good place to end it. Celtics play again on Tuesday. So we'll play against the
2: defending Eastern Conference champions, Tristan Thompson (laughs) and the Cavaliers. Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath when these two playoff foes come together.
0: (laughs) Oh, seriously. Tristan Thompson is a clown for saying that the other day like oh yeah i think the east still goes through us like
2: for real dude come on come on i mean technically if you're throwing out sports cliches it, it goes through them they won it last year i i guess
0: so <laughs> the celtics play again tuesday night so we'll podcast so obviously we'll be back we're daily but our next post game podcast is that and then they play against Saturday, so we'll podcast about that Sunday night for the Monday show. And then Celtics get a week-plus off before they open up against the Sixers on Tuesday the 16th. So that's the layout. That's the schedule. We'll be here daily throughout all of it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show enough. If you're new, welcome. I really want to welcome all the new listeners. We're, we, we're picking up some new ones all along the way. I hope you enjoyed this. This is kind of what you get after games. And this season, hopefully, uh, we'll... Be, look, instead of doing it over Skype, we'll be doing it in person, which is great. Uh, so subscribe. We hope you're enjoying this enough to be a, become a sc- subscriber. Wherever you find your podcast, search Locked On Celtics. If you are a subscriber, you know what I want. Five-star ratings. It sustains me. Gives me lifeblood. And also raises us up through the ranks. Gets us into those top 100... We want to get closer to the top, so five-star reviews are highly encouraged. Good reviews are highly encouraged. And then, of course, share the podcast, spread the word. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.